You are listening to the Josh Trains Me podcast. What's up, guys? This is Josh here. My next guest is Cody May. So if you guys are from Peterborough area, you probably know who Cody May is. He's an entrepreneur. He runs Studio PTBO. He's involved in, well, he has been involved in movie making, content creation, a whole slew of entrepreneurial segments. Um, This was cool. So Cody and I grew up in very similar ways, both involved in bands and music, and we relate to a lot of the same kind of scene growing up. And scene is a term that basically means the environment around music at a a particular time. Scene is actually a unique word now that I'm thinking about it that you might not know. So we grew up in a very similar scene, both growing up in southern Ontario. It's cool. This is a little bit more relatable to me, this podcast, and it's way less about fitness. We dive into certain routines. I pick his brain about the routines that he's developed over the last couple of years and things that he's gotten to polish at this stage. He's in his early 30s. He's crushing it with his business. He is looking to help as many real estate agents basically attract leads and do all the lead work so that they really just follow the template. He's created systems from when the leads come in to how to actually communicate with those leads. He has multiple programs to try to help you every step of the way. So real estate agents, check this out. Anyone that likes metal and hardcore, check this out. Dude, how do you get your lighting so good? Uh, It's a... uh... Uh, I have a light in front of me and then I have my, uh, I have a camera, like a, a cinema camera in front of me. So it looks, it looks unreal. Yeah. It's like a, it's a full setup. Like it's like, like obviously, you know, like I come from like a cinema background. So like, yeah. like building this stuff out, like I usually travel with my cinema camera and then I have like a IntelliTech light that's kind of like shining up. So not right in my face, but like kind of like more as, um, more of like fill light more than anything. So mm-hmm. Well, it makes a big difference. I was just thinking about this before I I'm posting a video, just like what I'm doing for this setup. Yeah. And it, I like you obviously are huge into content for, as of the last, like, I don't know how many years, 10 years. Yeah. No, I don't know. Not that 30 years. Yeah. I don't know. Five years. <laughs> um, 20, I would say 2018. Okay. So, so three years, three, four years. Yeah. Of going hard on content. Yeah, like I've like I've gone like I pulled back and then gone hard. I'm going harder again now than I have. I'm going harder. I've been gone going harder in the last sixty days than I probably have in the like. I can't in the last year. I've gone harder because like I started the coffee with Cody stuff and uh, like I you know try to I try to do it like at least three to four podcasts a week. So oh yeah, sick. Where you're you're hosting people and you're getting invited or just one of those. I just do daily lives on, on my like Facebook page and then they get uploaded. So I take the content, I go live, I use a program called StreamYard. I go live on Facebook, Facebook group, uh, go live on our Facebook page and YouTube and now LinkedIn as well. Uh, cause it allows us me to go live on all five of those platforms. Uh, and we, and then what happens is my team takes the content, uploads it to Buzzsprout and then Buzzsprout essentially filters it to like a podcast. It goes to iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, like all those different spots. And then we take it and we upload it to our website as well. 
we download the transcript of the words that I actually say, and then it be like, it helps with SEO. Um, right. And then, I, and then I emailed our list as well. We have like a list of probably around 10,000 realtors. So I'll email mm. the list as well. So, you know, what's a lot harder than doing that is uh, doing it all on your own and not having the proper apps. Hey, eh? <laughs> it, makes it, it makes it more difficult. It doesn't, there's so many apps out there that make it super easy. Like there's, there's an app out there called repurpose.io. Um, yeah. essentially like just takes your content and pushes it to other platforms. Uh, but StreamYard, like, you know, like if you want to go live in multiple like spots, like StreamYard is definitely the best way to go. Cause you can go live. Like, I think it's like 60 bucks a month and you can go live at like five channels at once. So. Yeah. That's pretty dope versus just recording multiple videos and like trying to make it look live again. Um, yeah. So it just, it depends on like where, like, you know, where you're at in business. Like, you know, I, yeah. I have the, I have the affordability and the opportunity where I have designers that can, you know, cut up videos and then upload them to a drive and I can grab the content. Um, you know, it just takes time to get there. Totally, man. That's good. So um, for those of you who don't know, like you and I know each other, so it won't always be that I'll interview people that I know, but it's kind of sweet when you do. Mm -hmm. um, Man, so we did, uh, we, we have a similar background. I'm going to jump into music, man, because that is dope to talk about music. I find a lot of people lately, um, I'm like trying to meet people out West and dude, no one really listens to metal anymore. No. I'm, I'm like, what the frig? It's sad. It's sad. I'm a, I'm a huge metal fan. You know, new Architects album is like phenomenal. And, is it? Uh, oh man, it's so good. Like so good. Like it's probably my favorite album this year. Oh, sick. Okay. I'm just taking yeah. notes, by the way. Like I'm, yeah, cool. yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I love, uh, I love getting music recommendations or something about that. That's so like, uh, inviting and just enticing to mm, architects. Yeah. Okay. I've been listening to old as LA dying lately and getting okay. really yeah. fired up again from it. Yeah. That's a, uh, that guy, uh, didn't that guy try to kill his wife or like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm pretty think, sure that happened. I think he, <laughs> sure uh, or dude he hired it you know the story right he hired a hitman yeah. and went to jail and was it Prague, or was that no that was that was uh randy blythe maybe of yeah, anyway he was, in, he was in the u i think it was in the u.s he went to jail i'm pretty sure like because as of the dying is a u.s band yeah and they're christian which is it's sort of funny that it's like you know hey it should happens <laughs> but they do they do say it's frowned upon to hire a hitman. Like it's not an ideal thing. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not, it's not recommended at, at all, but uh, yeah, I'm getting fired up from them. What else are you listening to lately? What's your, this is a question I like to ask. Cause when people ask me like, what kind of music you like, I find that question really tough to answer. Yeah. So here's a way better way to, to question it. It's like, what have you been listening to on Spotify lately? I'm, I'm still on Apple Music. Uh, well, everyone, like, all my okay. friends cheered me about being on Apple Music stuff. Um, I'm li I'm listening to a lot, like a lot of Russ. If you've heard of Russ before, uh, he's like more of like uh, hip hop, like art, like hip hop rap, like just just really good. I I love his stuff. I listen to a lot of that. There's a new artist called Wizkid that I've been listening to a lot of. It, it kind of has that reggae type feel to it. Wizkid. Uh, Whiskey, mm. yeah, it really like really really great album. Um, most of a lot of his stuff. Um, I kind of go back and forth between like ambient to rap to like 
hardcore music. I find the hardcore music stuff I listen to are like people I grew up listening to, like Under Oath and Devil yeah. Wars Prada and Architects and uh, you know Fever 333. Um, anything Jason Butler does, I love. Like he used to be in a band called Let Live. Uh, I was a huge Let Live fan, and now he's in. Uh, he's a band called Fever 333. That's like they've blown up. Huh. Uh, really into that. Um, other than that, like music wise, I've been like. I just go, it depends on the day and it depends on where, what I'm doing. Like if I want to get fired up, like, um, like for work, I'll generally listen to some Russ because I find like, he wrote a really good book uh, called It's All in Your Head. Mm. It's like very like motivational. And I find a lot of his music is very like, you know, pump up. There's a song called Manifest that, you know, just like, it's very like, I don't know, it's just chill. Like just depends, depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Totally. Man, you kind of reminded me of something. So I have this, I have this theory and uh, my brother's going to listen to this and some of my buddies are going to listen to this. So it's going to be super funny, but so how old are you, by the way, right now? 31, 30, 30. Okay. So you're not quite in this stage. So I have this theory that this is, a, this is about white guys. So we're, we're in this, that okay. when you hit like your early to mid thirties, you kind of like, <laughs> you kind of slip into this stage where you, where you think you're cool, but like, you're not okay and like you sort of miss the mark of fitting into society and i've been thinking about this i've had this conversation with quite a few people um so you were talking about like you know going back to music you list you used to listen to so it's yeah. kind of that nostalgia and i think that's part of what where guys like this miss the mark and I, and by the way like i'm totally floating into this like new dad like i'm not very funny but i think i'm funny and like i think i'm cool but like i'm not that cool to other people and I'm like trying to figure out these social apps and I'm like fucking clicking the wrong buttons and stuff. So it's like, it's like that kind of guy. And you can totally picture this now. You're like mid to late thirties, like all of a sudden he's wearing like clothes that he used to wear that used to be cool, but now we're not at all. Like yeah. he's like, just like sort of behind the hey, times a little bit. And you yeah, can see you. these kind of guys like slipping through the cracks a little bit in like funny ways. And that's totally me. Like I'm, I'm just getting to that cusp and I probably have another seven years of being a wiener. Another seven years. <laughs> yeah, so it yeah, sucks. 38, you get, you get like all the whole entire like 30, <sighs> 30s are going to be that way. I don't know if it's everyone. I don't know what it takes to be a wiener. I just know that. Uh, I don't know if it's a genetic thing. Um, I just know that it's, it's white guys that are generally like early to mid thirties and you got a good like seven to 10 years. Like I know some guys in their early forties that I think are cool, but I only think they're cool because I can't see past the, the wiener perception, right? Like okay. two okay. wieners talking to each other, but cool stuff. I think it's just like, yeah, I think it's just people. Like, I think like, I, I'll give you a different perspective. I think that it's people just like, I think at the 30 age, like people just like get more comfortable with who they are mm -hmm. and like, they just don't, they stop giving a shit about what people think. hundred um, percent. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, as I entered my like third, and I, I think I like, I really came into this really this year. Um, you know, I'm like, like I, you know, I packed up, I decided that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to move to LA. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to travel more. I'm going to do the digital nomad thing. And like in my early twenties, I don't know if I could have done that. Like, I don't know, like mentally, if I would have been there to actually handle the, uh, the uncertainty uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, like just, doing the no bad thing like creates. Um, yeah. 
where now it's like, I just don't care. Like, you know, like, and I think that like when you enter like your thirties and not, this isn't for everyone, but I think when you enter your thirties, like you just stop caring as much. And I see this yeah. even with my friends, they just don't give a shit as much as like you would, like when you're in your early to mid twenties. Like, yeah. That's a good point. I'm not trying to impress anyone. Like, it's yeah. like I am like, I know who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And uh, for me, it's like, it's not being negative. It's more just like shine some like funny light on that. Cause yeah. like, I'm, I'm going into that stage. I think you're right. It's just not caring as much or maybe not at all of like yeah. fitting in, in those ways you're comfortable with yourself so that you're listening to old music that you like. And it doesn't matter if other people like that. Yeah. I've been listening to, I go through those kind of nostalgic times as well with music and uh, I noticed for me, it's it's music that I've listened to in about like 2008. Okay. So like specifically, okay. it's like two year range and there's like a ton of metal. There's like some metal core, there's some death well, metal. Well, you and I are the same age. So like 100%, like 2006 to 2009, mm -hmm. like those are the times, like those are like all the bands I grew up listening to, like yeah. Under Oath. Well, you, we still, 2009, I would have just graduated high school. So you would have just been graduating high school as well then, eh? Yeah, because I was born in 89. Okay, so yeah, like, you know, like that makes sense. Like, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, pretty much the same thing, like 18, 19, 20 years old. And like, you know, it's like that music really shaped us. Like, the, I don't know about you, but like Taking Back Sunday Dude. for me, like it was like a huge, like yeah. Taking Back Sunday, Under a, those, all those bands, like all those bands that were signed to like Solid State Records and yeah. uh, signed to uh, like Tooth and Nail. Um, yeah, those are all the bands I grew up listening to. And I'm like, a lot of my friends still listen to the same music. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like, and it's probably like, you probably like people, like, if you're like 15 years old, you probably think this stuff sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I loved it. So, yeah, it's true. That's the cool thing about music, too, I find yeah. is uh, I feel like that's kind of a gateway into getting yourself more comfortable with your, like, with who you are, because music, for me at least, has been one of those things sort of all along where I knew when I liked it and I felt okay liking it yep. and I didn't like it because other people liked it necessarily. Certainly there's like influence from people you love and like that. Or like check out this album. You're like, okay, I'll check it out. Cause you said that, but there's just something so easy and like accessible about finding music you like and then liking it just because you like it. Well, I think a lot of like, you know, as I look back at 2000, like I've had conversations with some of my friends about this, like, so we were in the band scene. I know you were in the band scene as well. 2006, 2009, like it was like a subculture within like, like the, especially the heavy, heavy metal, hardcore punk type of scene. Like there was a, there was a culture within a culture. Like, you know, it's like, and then everyone had different like sectors that they really love it's like the punk kids over here the you know the scene kids who listen to like under oath over here and your metal kids who listen to like as i lay dying and it's like you had all these people and like you had like groups of people like coming together with like a common love for that specific band like i really saw that i don't i'm not sure if you listen to under oath at all but when under oath came back and like they um and they did like a reunion tour like i literally felt like it like they played uh they're only chasing safety and define the great line front to back nice. uh, I, literally, I literally felt like i was like in like a 13 year old 14 year old kid in my high school room like listening to this like cd on like repeat on yeah the walk -in. like it's just like and i think that it's cool when you can get a bunch of people together that like probably what felt the exact same thing it's like 
like you said, the nostalgia is like is real. It's yeah, it's powerful, eh? Yeah, I can, it's I can totally. Feeling. Yeah, it, actually, it is a really strange feeling. I can, uh, I can totally relate to the sort of subculture scene and like the scene growing up for, for me too, and like it, it Lindsay is really what I'm talking about. Lindsay and then Peterborough. Yeah. It was, man, it was so different. Like kids growing up now, or even, even 10 years ago growing up was a lot different than the couple of years before that. So I was like yeah. sick, like 15 to 15 to 17 or 18. And like, we, like me and the guys I was in bands with, like, we would put the shows on and we would rent the strangest same venues. You'd rent same like, thing. right. Same thing. We were in Southwestern Ontario. So we were like Chatham, yeah. Windsor, London area. Like yeah. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. No, I remember hearing about that at Peterborough. Peterborough was big. Yeah. It, it was friggin' mint. Like we used to rent out like hockey arenas and shit. Like, and people weren't doing that. Like people weren't like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta play here. It's like, dude, that's where they store the Zamboni. Like, what do you mean you're going to set up drums there? Like, shit like that and it got to the point where it's pretty cool to think of this but you're just doing your thing because you love it and there's yeah. like a hundred kids coming out and like yeah. that's huge yeah it and was like, different like you know like that was like i don't know if like you ever had like there was a there was a promotion company back in the myspace days called supernova and they put out i remember hearing that yeah they put out yeah. a bunch of shows like yeah. and like yeah me and my friends have had multiple conversations about this where it's like it's just so different now. Like the music scene is completely different. Like it's like, they have a better gauge on it than I do. Cause like they played into their mid twenties where I kind of left my, my early twenties. So mm-hmm. playing, but they played into their mid to late twenties. Um, and like, just the shows are different. Like they're just not the same. Like even le- like the London music hall was a massive like venue. And it's like, and I know some people that like are in that, in that world and in that scene. And it's just mm-hmm. like, we tried to do, I tried to do a project in like 2014. Um, and it just like, there just was nowhere to play. Like there was like, you, you could there, like, there was, wasn't as many opportunities yeah. in like 2014, 2015 to play music live as there was in like 2006, seven, eight, nine. Like there was just so many more opportunities to play shows. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't totally know what it's like now. I just, yeah. I know that I don't hear about a lot of shows. so i I did know in peterborough apparently there was like this band like metal bands would be hosted at this pizza place which i thought was friggin hilarious and i'm like that's that's kind of in the same vein so maybe there's some people trying to spark some pizza parties i don't know maybe we're just Uh, super old now and like we just don't know all the shows that are going on that could definitely be the case as well yeah i know yeah you're you're right i I feel like you probably would because i feel like you're just sort of well connected whereas i'm like the guy trying to catch up and, but I haven't uh, heard anything either. So like, no. like, I think we're in the same boat. Like, I don't know no. any shows. Like, like I remember shows like when I was in college in Peterborough. Like, there would be like shows, but they were still few and far in between. Like, they weren't. They were nothing like like when I was in high school. There was a show every weekend. Like, you know, yeah. we, we were playing every weekend. And and yeah. I know this for sure. Like, even in the southwestern Ontario scene, because I like I was I was in a band called A New Beginning. And we were playing shows every single weekend. And when I left that band, um, they they kept playing and they kept playing pretty much like every weekend. But then eventually when they stopped playing in London, the shows became fewer and far between. So I, yeah. I think, I think that's the case now, but like you get like, I think people our age, especially now they're like less likely to go to a band they don't know, but if like under rolls up into Toronto, they're going to that show for sure. Yeah, totally. Well, huge following and like 20 years of experience essentially. 
100%. And, you know, nostalgia too, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Nostal- yeah. Nostalgia is powerful. Um, dude, what's your routine like? So I, even this morning, cause I like, I've been following your stuff for a while and I messaged you the other day. Cause so this is like, this is props for you, but I want to like air this out too. You, you, I used to find you super annoying. Like I liked you in person. Then I'd see all your content. Cause no one was really doing that. Love it. So I was like, dude, all this Cody May shit. I'm like, what is he even doing? Create your purpose. And then like studio PTBO stuff. And then like, right. I messaged you the other day being like, PS I'm like, I'm now feel like I'm in the same vein. Like now I'm trying to create all this content. So I'm like props for doing that. Cause that actually made an impact and like way to go stick and true to yourself on just like putting the content regardless. Um, so that's, yeah, it was terrible in the beginning. Oh, back to a lot of videos. It, like, it, I think you grow with like, you know, you grow over time and like, it comes back to like, I just don't care what people think. Like, you know, I think that's probably key, right? Like, I think the more popular you get, I mean, I've heard this, I'm not, uh, you know, we're, we're growing in popularity in, in whatever brand or uh, business we're in, but you're going to get more haters and more popular you get, right? Like that's part of it. That's a sign of growth, right? Yeah. What do you, uh, what's your mindset around whatever form of hate you get? I don't get a whole lot of it, to be honest with you. Like I, like I, I, I don't really, like I, the content I put out is very geared and tailored towards like um, towards realtors now. So I find like I'm really still really fine trying to find my uh, my my footing more than anything where it's like we're changing a lot of like the type of content we're putting out as an agency. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot more geared towards real estate agents, real estate teams. We just launched a real estate group coaching program. Um, I think that from a content perspective, it's like the shift that I made in my mindset where it's like I stopped making content just for the sake of content. And I started making content to serve the other person at the other end. Um, right. you know, it's like, it's like thinking a little bit deeper about the topics that you cover and not getting hung up on the views or not getting hung up on like the likes or people following you and just more so utilizing it as like a PR play more than anything where it's like, okay, the more content I put out, the more relationship I'm going to be able to build with people online. Because I think that it's like walking into a room and like, I say this a lot, like, you know, whenever I do public uh, speaking events, I always say social media was not created as a marketing tool. It was created as a means to socially network. So it's just building relationships. That's what content is. Just telling your story. And I think that people overcomplicate it where it's like, I think where I get the most engagement definitely is over on Facebook. Um, You know, that's definitely where I spend majority of my time because that's really where majority of my target audiences is on Facebook. Um, that's where I spend majority of my time. And I think that if you look at the things that actually get the most engagement, it's like just the, the, the conversations that I start, that I reply to, that I build relationships one at a time, I could ask a question, but the difference being is like, I'll ask the question and actually give a shit about what the person's saying and yeah. actually respond to them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, and I think like people overcomplicate content. Like I put out educational based content. Um, but then I'm also just having conversations with people that I'm genuinely curious how they're like, and that's, that, I think that's a shift is actually giving a shit about the people that like comment on, you know, take this time to have a conversation with you because like they, like for me, from a, from a content perspective, they like might know somebody that, you know, if they like, 
they might connect with me. They might not be a real estate agent, but they might know a real estate agent that I can, they can connect with. And I had a good interaction or, you know, created a good relationship with that person. And they're going to make an introduction to a real estate agent that they know. So mm-hmm. with content, I'm really playing the long game, hundred percent. Like, you know, it's like educational stuff, but also just like making friends. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, I think that yeah. if you can look at it from a relationship perspective, I think it just changes how you produce content and that, what you do and what you don't do. That's, that's super neat. That's insightful. I feel like there's definitely some growth there with what you just said. Um, dude, you're in your thirties now. So who is Cody May? Damn, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say like, I, I am finding, a, I, like, I think I've shifted a lot who I am over the last couple of years. Um, I, I, you know, like the first thing that kind of pops to my mind is like, I'm an uncle now. That's like something I'm super excited about. You're an uncle? Um, yeah, I'm an uncle. Yeah, man. He's your like, nephew. What do you have? I, I have a niece. Yeah. Sweet. Like the, she's the best thing like ever. Like, just like, I don't think I ever really like had thought about wanting kids until like my sister had her. And I was like, oh, like she's chill. And she's like, she's like, she just like, the, she adores me and I adore her. And like, it's like, yeah. it, change, it really changes your perspective. And you, like, you just had a kid as well. So you know this. Um, you know, I'm an uncle, I'm a business owner, I'm a friend, I'm, I am a, uh, I'm passionate about what I do. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a leader. Um, you know, I love, I love my team. Um, I've been afforded the opportunity to lead some, some of the best people in the industry. Um, and yeah, I just want to, I want to have a large impact, you know, in the, in the real estate and the entrepreneur space. Um, you know, I would identify myself as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. And that's just, I, that, you know, that's a little bit about me. So how'd you get into this real estate sector? Um, yeah, it's a great question. So um, one of my first clients back in like 2018 was a realtor. Um, 2018, maybe even 2017. End of 2017. Uh, first client ever, Sean Handa. Uh, to Peterborough guy? Yeah, Peterborough guy. Yeah. One of my first clients. Still a client now. Um, he took a chance on me and like we did we did some video stuff with him and still to this day we do video stuff for him he's like one of our only like video people that like we do some like one-off stuff with other people but like we're mainly marketing now um and I was just like oh you know it was really interesting like very first client uh you know he was we had the same type of ethos to life and I started to kind of get more and more um started to get more realtors that wanted to work with us, you know, work with Pat McCauley and then, you know, worked with a couple of clients out of uh, Toronto and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And then I started to really understand the niche on a deeper level. I like understand the industry. And then, so we started really marketing to real estate agents saying, Hey, we'll help you with your marketing and we'll get you leads. And that was like kind of the first iteration of like studio PTBO really changing. It's more of a lead gen based business. And then uh, we started doing that. And like, you know, again, like, you know, lead gen was just one element to the, the entire picture. So, you know, again, like the real estate agents are busy. Um, I actually left the space for probably six months because I'm like, I was honestly, like I was having a hard time getting clients results. So I left the space, you know, rather than trying to fix the program, I'm like, I'll go to a different niche. I need, I need shop. And a lot of agency owners do this. Uh, they go from niche to niche and 
earlier this year, we said, no, we're going to go all in on real estate. It's what we're going to market. We're, we're going to focus on, we're going to create a really kick-ass program. And we kind of said, okay, well, how do we do that? Like was kind of the question. And then we started building out a call center uh, that essentially like it went from, okay, we get you leads to we'll dial your leads and we'll book your appointments. Yeah. I just, I just heard them. about this in one of your reels. This is super interesting. Tell me about this. Yeah. Yeah. So we dial, so a lead comes in from Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, TikTok, whatever platform you want to advertise on. Uh, we dial the lead. Uh, we, we essentially will dial them. Like we, we know that there, there's two stats to drive our business. Like number one, if you follow up the lead within five minutes, you increase your conversion rate by a hundred times, follow up more than five times, you can increase your contact rate by 70%. Most leads online take 22 touch points before they actually make a buying decision or before even they even want to talk to you. So uh, for a real estate agent to call somebody 22 times before they pick up the phone uh, is really hard when they're doing other things. So crazy, eh? I, I saw a void in the marketplace. I saw the clients that were winning, um, you know, were using our call center uh, and they were dialing a bunch. Uh, they were either dialing a bunch themselves. They had somebody dialing they had another, or they had their own ISA team. So I said, why don't I go out and build my own call center uh, and, and fix the void? So we started doing that um, earlier this year. I have six call center agents now that their entire job, they work for the studio, the entire job is just a call. Um, we ran into a snag with six call centers, getting a bunch of clients, all manually dialing. We just launched a brand new call center upgrade that essentially is gonna 10X our dialing. So it's an automated dialer now versus them manually dialing. Mm -hmm. So that's a big like change, but yeah, we just we dial leads for clients, we book appointments uh, and essentially we're an unlicensed assistant and then their backend sales process takes over. The thing I'm most excited about is that we we notice like okay we generate the lead we book the appointment it's like they get on the phone with people and then they stumble over the conversation because they don't have communication skills so the right. thing i'm most excited about right now is where we've launched a real estate group coaching program but I, i'm not a real estate agent i'm a marketer so i have been looking for and i finally got connected with uh, a good friend vikram uh who essentially is going to be leading our what we call our real estate growth academy so we're launching a coaching program Right. Uh, for all of our realtors that essentially we're going to help with like scripts, KPI setting, goal setting, time management, role plays um, that essentially inside of our group coaching program, we're going to be a done for you front end with a done with you back end that essentially is going to help them convert online leads. So uh, Vikram is our head real estate coach. He is, uh, he built a real estate business, $300 million in sales. Is he the guy uh, in, on Dragon's Den? Yeah, I yeah. wish he was on Dragon's Den. Yeah. That guy's meant. He, uh, he built his business $300 million in sales and uh, now he's working with us and yeah, he's, he's coaching our, our people. Like 70% of his business was built, like his last real estate business was built solely on the backs of online leads. So that's what we were looking for as well. Uh, and yeah, we just created a, like my goal was to create a program that if I could plug anyone in and they just followed our system that they would get results. And that's really what we're trying to create. That's like, isn't that the perfect method for anything, right? You have a complete template that's basically done for you. You just have to follow all the steps and you will get the result. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And that's really what we're, we're going after now is like, just do these things and you will be successful. And if you don't do them, then obviously you're not going to be successful. And it might be successful. You know, it's just like, you might just have to get there, there a different way. So yeah, that's really what we're up to. Like the real estate, I just like, I understand the industry like really well, um, through the clients we work with, like we worked with hundreds of real estate agents. So um, I just understand the industry really well. I understand the market buying processes, the, you know, like the, I just understand the industry better than any other industry from a marketing perspective. 
Are you, uh, are you investing in real estate yourself or is that something you're interested in doing? It's something I'm interested in um, down the road. Like the, the thing is like the, so I joined rain earlier this year, uh, real estate investing network uh, with the, the, the idea of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in some rental properties. Uh, and then I realized how many rental properties I actually need in order to be like, actually like be financially free. I'm like, okay, let's put a hold on this. Cause I think a lot of people have like a really warped understanding of like how to actually be financially free. Like you need like 26 properties in order to be financially free. I don't uh, necessarily think that's accurate, but what, what kind of units? That's rain. So rain said in order to like really be financially free, like, and like live like, the 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 stat was uh, 26 uh, 26 properties dude that's crazy yeah who the fuck so so people that only have 26 properties or what are we saying is financially free do they yeah like you know they like they they do like millions like you know again like if you want to do millions of, in production like you need 26 like rental properties so it made me take a step back a bit and be like okay I don't necessarily have the time in order to learn this right now. Um, and I just shifted my mindset towards, okay, like what if I just put all of my focus on growing the business first, getting the business to the point where it's self-sustainable. So then I can go and do the other things like the investment, uh, like learning the investment. I just like, I don't want to like the, like, I don't want to do things that I'm not hundred percent confident in. And the other element was like, I, I decided like earlier this year, I'm like, I want to start traveling more. So right. I have everything I need. So I'm like, I, well, I'm going to get, I'm definitely going to get into real estate investing. Uh, but yeah. I just felt like now wasn't the right time because I made a really massive move this year as well. Yeah. You're living in the States now, man. That is a huge move. Yeah. So like, that was like, that was a part of it. Um, that was a part of it. Like, I think like, I'm like, I'm going to invest my capital into trying to figure out how to, how to like, you know, get a visa over here, uh, like a, like a permanent visa and a like, Sweet. so that's kind of like where I, like where rather than investing in, I'm like a very bullish on crypto. Uh, you're what? Very what? bullish on crypto. I don't even know what you're saying. You're bullet to crypto. Very bullish on crypto. I don't even know what that word means. Bullish. Where are you learning these words? Bullish. It's like, uh, it would be like <laughs> a very, uh, a very intrigued or a very like interesting. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I don't know anything about crypto. I got to ask you a couple of things about real estate first. Yeah. So now I know that this isn't your information, the 26 units. So I'm like, dude, that is, that's crazy. Like I own right now, I own two rental properties. I got yeah. bought out of two and like, I were can they, make, were they, were they, um, were they, uh, BRR? Like, did you, like, were they buying flips? No, buy. And one was, that wasn't the original strategy. Yeah. One was a buy, live in it, and then rental the basement. So okay. not a full flip, but a, an upgrade. How, how much in like cash, like how much cash flow is each property producing? So collectively, I'm getting about 30 grand a year on two. Yeah, but that's not financially. That's not like you can't live off of 30. Grand. No, no. But you got to think like two versus 26. Like that's, those are big steps to get there. So yeah. on, on five. Yeah. Like, what does it mean to be financially free? I guess, like, I think some people would, would probably argue that it doesn't mean a million a year in for that. Me it does. Well, for you, that's meant. Yeah, like, and, that's, and that's where, like, I would say, like, um, I would, I would put, like, this is my definition of financial freedom to do what you want, when you want with who you want. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's a good everyone. definition. 
that's that's different for everyone um but like that was what that was the stat that rain said like the average person who's financially free in real estate they have at least 26 rental properties you know what's interesting about that stat too is i don't know how that stat wouldn't change from five years ago to today like it would it would likely have to be completely different yeah well, it also depends on like the, I think that like, it also depends on like how cash flow positive the, the deal is. Well, that's what I mean. Like it depends on cash flow. It depends on purchase price. It depends on the market. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not an expert, but I am like a real estate investor and I've yeah. learned a lot from, from guys that were literally doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a lot of properties to get there. Um, it's certainly possible, but I think the one thing I respect about your answer and the one thing I respect about you is you're not the one selling houses yeah, no. and then not necessarily investing in real estate. Like the thing that I have, it's, it's a little hypocritical is when there's real estate agents out there and there's probably thousands mm -hmm. that are great at selling, but they don't invest in real estate. So it's sort of like this hollow front, I think. Yeah, no, I'm definitely like I'm I'm a part of Rain. Like, you know, like I, I made sure this year at the beginning of the year I joined the real estate investment network. And that was kind of like my my first step into like getting the knowledge that I needed in order to make an educated decision. And yeah, I just that's realized great. that if I was gonna do this, if I if I'm gonna do this really well, I need more capital. And I need then where yeah. can I get the capital? I can get the capital for my business. Like there's nothing there, there's nothing that will pay you more dividends than actually reinvesting into your business. It's just like, it's just like your, your core business. Like, you know, yeah. we, 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 this year, like I, I poured pretty much all my capital back into growing the business, creating a better program. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I, like the goal for us next year is to double our revenue again. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, in order to get there, I'm still early on too. Like I, so I run studio PTBO, my agency, I run it by myself now. So Neil and Nora. Oh, do you? Are, yep. Yep. So Neil and Nora are, uh, are, bought out of the business um and uh yeah it's just just myself now that's great man congrats on that those are those are big moves like like i said i'm following you i'm like i was kind of thinking to myself I'm like man he's spending a lot of time in california but now i know that you're like i want to live here then yeah like i i want to move like i i really want to move uh here like it's it's um yeah, like the weather is, is like what's it's. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's. It is chilly here. It's chilly here today. Uh, but uh, the weather. What temperature is it? It's probably like 17 degrees today. 17 is chilly. You haven't adapted that quick. Come on now. You're used I, to southern Ontario. I know. I know. <laughs> I I am. But like, it's it like because uh because two weeks ago it was like 26, 27 degrees. Like it's it's a pretty massive drop from 27 to down to 17. Yeah, that's fair. 10 degrees. Your body away. gets acclimatized to the weather pretty quickly. You'd be surprised. Like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised because I've lived in a lot of places yeah. and the weather out here, because we're on, the, we're on the same time zone now. I'm just, yeah. North, right. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different climate here where it's like a, it's a moist cold. So you're, yeah. or a damp, people don't like the word moist, maybe women listening, but uh damp cold we'll go with. And like, yeah. I, I, I do kind of hear what you're saying. Cause sometimes it's like three, four degrees and it's like, it feels like you're like, dude, I have the layers on, but I'm like, I'm still kind of chilly. Yeah. Whereas like back in Ontario, like I would wake up in the morning and go walk outside in the backyard barefoot for a few minutes and like act like I wasn't cold at minus and think, 10. Yeah, and I think it's like, you just, your body gets acclimatized to the, to the, like the weather as well. 
like I know when I get off the plane, like if I'm cold now, I know when I get off the plane, like when I come back to go visit my family, like I, it's going to be cold. Like I, like, I know I'm going to be freezing. Cause I know people that like do it, they come to LA and then they go back home for, uh, to see family at Christmas. And they're like, it's cold. Like, even like I have a friend who just went back to Boston. Uh, and, uh, she's like, it was freezing there. Like, do you think you'll wear a balaclava when you go back? <laughs> what is that? A balaclava? No, I have no idea what that is. Are you serious? So it's like, it's like the full on picture, like bank robber toque. Oh, like the toque yeah. with the. So it's, it's funny. I've seen people wear that in LA. Like people wear the full, like, you know, like mask and stuff. Yeah. No, well, I'm, not, my, not my thing. The mask is different. I'm talking like toque material and it's like cut out for your eyes. Yeah. I, think I, a little, people, I literally oh, saw people are wearing that. Yeah. So in California. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, what are they doing that for? I have no idea. Maybe they were actually robbing somewhere. But yeah, like that's. They actually saw somebody like wearing that. Yeah. That's see, that's perfect for a disguise. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, other than that, I was, man. Surprised. I was like, I like they were actually in my building. I was like, <laughs> I got into the I got into the elevator. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> you carry like, a lot of cash like, on you? No. A lot of Good. Money. Good man. That's yeah, the wrong yeah, building too. I didn't even have my wallet on me. No, I'm Good. not really nice building are you it looks nice man your apartment looks great it's a condo yeah yeah i i'm downtown la right now i kind of decided like you know when i move here like officially like i'm like i'm not going to do downtown la it's not my thing probably end up in like santa monica manhattan beach area most likely uh i just gotta figure out some stuff in order to actually do it but you're downtown la right now yeah i'm downtown yeah nice man i've uh i've only been to california once i uh what was i i was like 20 I think I was 20. I was in a band. Okay. I joined a band called Awaking State. We were like this, uh, it was like a nine inch nails style, okay, cool. industrial kind of, kind of heavy, kind of emotional, whatever. I was drumming for it. That's all I've ever done in bands. And uh, I joined this band. It was like pretty cool. I saw some opportunities and the, the vocalist, like the guy that basically it was his band. Yeah. He had a connection with a producer in California in a place called Weed california you ever heard of that place i haven't weed california where is it close weed. To? <laughs> yeah, dude it's close to uh nevada so it's like oh, okay. it's pretty, so, it's yeah, pretty yeah. far north yeah it's north but uh so that was my trip to california going to a place called weed and everyone is like dude where is that like yeah really i've never heard of that you know i, yeah. I like i'm i'm pretty south like i'm I, well, I'm, yeah. I'm more south than that that sounds you're, like you're up you're pretty, south, you're pretty south but uh it was a good experience man the weather was yeah. sick yeah we got to work with a really great producer this producer produced albums with johnny cash metallica yeah that's pretty um, cool. prince yeah like yeah some like decently big bands i guess you could say um metallica sort of big uh yeah man it was good um so, yeah so what's what's the deal back home then like you have your team is all remote i guess now everyone's remote yeah so we had an office in in peterborough uh we decided to kind of go completely remote back in april um i i still have four staff in peterborough uh I have two designers my my executive assistant is in peterborough and then my uh, ops director is in peterborough so four in peterborough uh everyone else is in argentina bolivia colombia so and then i'm in the u.s here keep it tight to the uh western hemisphere at the least eh? what was that sorry keeping everyone in the western hemisphere yeah everyone's every like uh argentina is like uh because of the time change and everything usually they're only like two hours ahead of, of est right now like or yeah 
they're at, they're usually the same time zone as EST, but they're two hours ahead of EST and they're five hours ahead of me right now. Oh, they're five hours ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Five, yeah. It's, but it, it, it changes like it, it, it changes like the fallback pushes them. Um, like what just happened, the time change that, but like they'll go back to the same as EST in, in April when we go back to regular, when we switch times again. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit confused by that time zone change stuff. So I'm just gonna yeah, just skip I'm, right over it. I'm a little confused as well. So <laughs> dude, I always get fucked. I always on those days I seem to wake up in the middle of the night and look at the time and I'm like, I know the time is changing, but I'm like, what does this mean? Like every year it's the same. I get completely like baffled. You, anyway. you wake up at the time, like I just sleep right through it. I don't even notice. <laughs> well, it, it's not, it's not that I always like, it's not that I wake up at a specific time. It's like, even it might even be in the morning. Like I wait, I seem to get a little fucking thrown off by it, but I'll wake up and I'll be so confused to the point where I'm like, I am completely confused by this. Like I know every year, two times a year, it's happening okay. once for one time, but like I get, I just get totally jammed up mentally and it's, I don't know if it's something I didn't, if it's like a class I skipped in public school or what, like I, I need some of that information to sort of regulate that for myself but anyway right what is it spring back fall forward that's a- yeah e- even with that though i still get confused okay it's like it's like some preliminary shit i need to like some neural pathways i need to develop or yeah. something yeah. i don't know dude what's your routine like right now like you i'll get a little context here for people so i'd say you and i are both people guys that are big on productivity in that yeah it's a pretty big topic and it, and it can definitely go like there's some uh polarizing thoughts and arguments around it but tell me what your morning routine's like are you a shake guy you fast you eat cereal what do you do i uh i'm but right now like um i i fast net right now in the morning um i need to get i usually i'll either i'll either fast or do a shake in the morning um generally we'll have lunch in the afternoon but like my morning my morning like my morning staff routine has changed a lot in the last 60 days because it's changed. I've started to realize that everything, all good habits happen out of, I think, necessity. And like right now, our morning meeting start like before when I was in EST time, morning meetings started at 10 a.m. Yes, now you're seven. I would wake up at seven, you know, and it would have three hours before. Now, in order to like, get into that meeting at seven, I got to be up by five Yeah, uh, minimum, um, you know, in order to get my day started well, uh, you know, five, five 30. So, um, yeah, right now, five, five 30, uh, usually Monday to Thursday, Friday, uh, I generally some, depending on whether I go to the morning huddle or not, cause we do morning huddles every day at seven P uh, PST or, uh, 10 EST. Mm-hmm. So generally the first thing in the morning, um, I will, um, I'll literally listen to, I, I use an app called calm. So it's yep. like doing some meditation, like just quick five minute meditation in the morning. I'll throw on some music. Um, I like, I do, there's a thing that Brandon Burchard teaches, uh, called, uh, the release meditation technique that just kind of like, I find for me, it's super simple. Just repeating the word release, release. And it just like helps me like start my day. Um, from there, what I'll do is like, I have a high, I use a high performance planner in the morning so this guy here um so nice. um, yeah no it's great and there's like there's morning prompts like where it's like you know and i try to fill it every day it doesn't happen every day i don't feel it like i didn't fill it up this morning 
but uh, I planned out, I, I write out my day, like, like generally the night before, uh, so that I know exactly what's happening throughout the day. I time block everything like the night before. Um, yeah. I just try to keep it to like three things. Like I have like, I have it written, like I have a time block and I just click on my calendar and it pops up the things that I need to do first thing in the morning. So my biggest thing is like, I use Brendan Burchard, Brendan Burchard's high performance planner. And like, one of the things on there is like, what are like three goals and priorities that need to get done today? And then like, what are the tasks that absolutely have to get done today? So uh, I'm big on using project management software, scheduling thing in your calendar, uh, I'm a firm believer. It's not, if it's not in your calendar, it's not going to happen. Uh, so I, you know, generally when I'm working on larger projects, I'll time block out the time to actually work on the project. Right. Uh, but it's the same thing with my morning routine. It's like, everything's time blocked, but I make it simple. Like it's like, wake up, meditate, shower, go for a walk. You know, like I'm going for a walk now. Like I'm going to, that's going to change when I go back to Canada. I'm going to figure that out. Probably go to the gym <laughs> in the morning. Um, uh, and, yeah. uh, cause I'm not probably not going to go for a walk when it's like minus six outside. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll fill out the planner and then I'll kick it into high gear and I'll, you know, hop on a call. Hmm. So <clears throat> I'm super big on morning routines. I've been sort of like studying and like trialing yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I found, I got into this, there, there's been a bit of like a, a revolution with this, like, like things commonly happen like you know you try some shit out you realize it doesn't work or it's not efficient and you go back so um i posted this total joke this morning about like this inefficient strategy for goal setting it's me just like rocking out to missy elliott like not filling out a planner yeah. and it's like dude that's kind of how i feel sometimes so i have this i had this list of like all of these great things that i feel like you know grounded me or um you know sparked uh, interest or got me focused or worked on my health or optimized whatever. And I got to the point where there was like 10 things on this. Like my morning routine was like four hours. Like it wasn't a morning routine. It was like a half day. And, uh, I watched this. I, I know you follow Alex Hormozy too. Cause I saw, yeah, well, clearly you do, but I also saw you post something about him. Yeah. He was, yeah. he did a, he did a chat, uh, with our crew chatting about business. Um, probably like two weeks ago yeah, yeah he's sort of decent like, that business sort of yeah he's, he's you know acquisition.com is only a hundred million dollar business no big deal yeah, he's doing fine i think um i'm not gonna send him any more money he he had this video i watched and it was totally like uh just breaking the mold he was like yeah i don't really have a morning routine he's like i drink coffee and like uh that's pretty much it and then i start working and i was like Oh man, I love getting challenged by things when people are like, yeah, like simplicity is better. And this, like, you know, three things that you do, my buddy, RJ, who, you know, too, I think RJ Kayser, he got me onto this like basic gap journaling gratitude, which is similar to like your release technique, right? Yep. Similar. The A is um, affirmation, right? You go through an affirmation and then P is powerless and you do three things on there. So it's like, simplicity is better and i found that uh you know what even like lately since i watched that video i'm like what are the things i what are the things i need to do to optimize yeah. versus what are the things i like doing to optimize and i'm like i'm playing around with that because there's a lot in the want category there's like sauna cold water training breathing grounding being outside fucking looking up at the sky no phone time certain amount of water 
fasting. Like there's a lot of stuff there. Gratitude. There's like an hour of journaling. There's a self-reflection course I'm doing. Like there's a lot of stuff that it's not a morning routine after that. So yeah. <laughs> for, for me, I try to, I try to break it. Like I might like, I forget half the things you just said, like, cause there were so many there. Like I, Way too many. I find I'm best in threes. Like, I don't know, like my, that's just how my brain operates. Like if I put anything more, like if I put anything in a block of time, other than three things, unless it's like fully written down, uh, I just won't do it. Like my, my, that's just how my brain computes things. So it's like, for me, it's like, med- like when, you know, I wake up as long as I meditate, I move and I, um, what's the third thing? Meditate, move, meditate, yeah. movement and release. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, like, is like, for me, it's generally just three things, do three things in the morning, like, you know, and you know, nutrition, like making sure that, you know, nutrition is on point. So, are you still doing isogenics yeah like i like I, I ran out of isogenics so like i just whatever shake i can do whatever meal replacement in the morning uh and then like the next thing but right now is like whole foods is like literally right on the road so you know i'll generally uh shop at whole foods and uh yeah just you know hit up the hot bar it's pretty good so hot bar that sounds nice yeah it's pretty chill. Okay. Whole, whole foods is good uh you know i like my biggest thing, like from a, like, you know, I don't like for me from a fitness and nutrition, as long as like, I feel healthy that, um, and it, I, I feel like, and as long as I'm moving, like I'm always trying, like my, my big thing, like over the last little while has been like, I just need, want to get, you know, 12,000 steps in a day. If I get 12,000 steps in a day, um, you know, I feel like I accomplished something. Cool. That's good. That's simple too. Right. Yeah, you know, like go for a walk, like and listen to you know a podcast uh, as I do it. So that's kind of like the big like movement thing that I've been uh, focused on. So you guys heard that? If you need some shit to listen to, listen to this podcast and go for a walk. Says Cody May. Um, dude, what about um? You you mentioned something in one of your reels. I took a note on it. So you talked about um, I don't know if you recall this. You have a lot of reels, but. And one of your reels, you talk about there being shortcuts in business. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. So elaborate on that. What are you talking about? Talking about buying information from people that have already been where you want to go. Um, You know, people say all the time, oh, there's no shortcuts in business. You have to put in the work. You got to figure this out. It's like, well, like, or I could get around people that already have the answer to the question that I have, because that's why I'm such a firm believer in like investing in like to coaches Mm -hmm. like, um, like I have, like, you know, I pay a lot of money monthly to be a part of Taki Moore's boardroom. So who is this Taki Moore guy? Um, Riley Porter was telling me about him. He's some dude with funny camera angles or something. Oh, Taki is, uh, so Taki's my business coach. Uh, he's, he brings, uh, together some of the top coaches in the world. Uh, he has a program called black belt and a program called boardroom. Uh, and boardroom is for Black belt is to essentially help coaches go from, uh, you know, six to seven figures. And boardroom is to help uh, business owners and, and entrepreneurs and coaching businesses go from seven figures to eight figures. Right. Um, so, um, you know, he's good friends with Alex Hamozzi, which who we brought in and like we were just chatting about. Um, so Taki is our business coach, like kind of strategy. Uh, but like for us, it's like really the collective. It's like, because there, there are people in the community especially in boardroom that are already doing eight figures. And it's like, they're just so giving with their information because they were where you were once before. Like uh, I have a, I have a friend, uh, Sharon, uh, uh, Sharon Sarvatsa, 
who's become a really big mentor to me. Like he's built a real estate, really, really successful real estate brokerage. And he's given me a lot of insight into the industry uh, and, you know, helped me change like acquisition methods and, you know, test different things. Um, yeah, it's like, I think that, you know, people have like, I think the issue with like, especially the online info world is like, people are like, oh, I did this $500 course and it didn't work for me. And I'm never going to invest in my business again. It's like, that's just a bad way to look at it. I've, yeah. I've like done tons of shitty courses, but it's like, with like, you could just spend 500 on a course, another 500 on a course, a thousand on a course. And then like you spend, you know, another thousand on a course. And all of a sudden that course makes you a million dollars. It's like, I just think it's just buying information. I'm a huge info product fan and I'm a huge fan of getting around people that are already where you want to go and just asking them a questions. Like, how would you do this? This is what I'm struggling with. Like being quick to ask for questions. And those are, I think getting around those people and asking questions is the shortcut. Have you had times in your business where you were chasing a goal that hadn't been done before by someone else? Um, I think that I think that I had, <laughs> but like, you know, like then, like, I think every, like the more that you get, the, the larger the community and the larger you open yourself up to other things, the more you realize that somebody's probably done this thing well before, like, especially in the real estate industry, everything's been done before. It's just a matter of like putting your little spin on like the thing that like maybe somebody did something in the past. Like we just launched a paper booked appointment, paper live transfer. I know other people that did it, they just didn't know how to execute on it well because they didn't put enough time in to actually figure it out where we said, okay, like we need to upgrade our call center. We need to do this. Like, how do, how do we do this really well? And uh, yeah, hmm. I, I think like for the most part, like everything that I've, every question that I've had about business has been answered through the community. Um, but you're this Taki Moore guy. Taki Moore? Yeah, it's, yeah Taki it? Moore. It's, uh, it's, it's the community. Like the, you know, like anytime I have a question, I said this to our team as well. Anytime you have a question, just throw it in black belt and somebody will get like, get you like an answer. And maybe that's not, maybe it's not exactly the way they, they frame it. And then maybe they didn't give you the answer, but they opened up, they, they helped you unlock something inside of your brain. Well, that's happened to, to me before where I throw out a question and I get a bunch of answers and I take a compilation of all their answers and I make my own and then that thing that I made my own works yeah it's so, like recycling repurposing information yeah exactly I have this uh I have this concept I'm working on in this ebook I have and I want to talk about how you're an author too now that's sick I just saw that uh somewhat recently um this paved trail concept where it's it's much easier to to internalize the uh, the goal being completed if someone else has already done it. So that's why I was asking you that. Whereas like, it, it's easy in like fitness to, like these goals are really easy in fitness. So there's like the classic example of like the, the four minute mile, like Roger Bannister. He's yeah. like this old guy now. I don't even know if he's still alive. He's probably still alive. And like before that, you know this story? No, I'm not, I'm not familiar. So you used to be a runner or you've done, you've done some running. You did a yeah, half marathon. Yeah, I've done running. The, I have, it's been many years. Um, okay. um, yeah, but I did, I, I did a 25 kilometer, like probably eight years ago. That's great. We're going to count it. Like you're, you're a runner in my eyes right now. So before this, uh, before this year, I think this is in the seventies, it was said that you couldn't, humans couldn't run a mile in four minutes. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's really fast. 
Yeah, it's like insanely fast. Like it's really fast. It's yeah. uh so anyway, this guy ends up training for it. He he completes this in sub four, I don't know, 350 something. And then that year, there was like a bunch more people getting it in sub four. Yeah. So like I feel like it's not coincidence. I feel like it's the mental like understanding and the ease that comes in. This is my thought is it's much easier to conceptualize an idea if you have seen it already completed. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. yeah. I just feel like that's really powerful. So I'm sort of just supporting your idea of like reaching out to mentors, reaching out to people that have already been there or that are just, you know, elite or more experienced than you in some ways. I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I love having a coach, whether it's like a, and they, they might not title themselves as a coach, but like a therapist. I love that, man. Yeah, it it, helps you create clarity in your head, 100%. Yeah, it's great. Mentors, therapists, personal trainers. I love it all. I have a mentor right now. I'm doing the Grant Cardone course. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's sort of good with money too. Um, A little. Like he's not too bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but that's great, right? Like there's, there's tons of information. There's one thing he taught me so far, like he taught, you know, tons of people, but it's uh, quantity over quality, which is a really interesting sort of topic, right? And that's sort of, I think that you would have been probably in the same realm of that, right? Yeah. Just producing like as much as you could at one point. And then now you're refining the quality a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. Like I think that, like, I think, yeah, like hundred percent. I, I, it depends on what we're talking about. Or like, you know, if we're talking about sales, like, like what, like quant, like that's a pretty broad statement. Like, we're Just for, about, like, for content. Oh yeah. For, like, okay. For yeah. Content itself. Yeah. Like hundred yeah. percent. Like it's, I, I think it's, it's quantity to start because you have no idea like what will pop. It's like you know, the thing, thing I, I, I think about often is like, think about like songs that like artists put out like six years ago that all of a sudden on TikTok blow up, you know, like, it's like, no one knew who this person was. Then all of a sudden this, this song got played on TikTok and it blew up. And I think that, that's the way I look at content. It's, it's art, but it's also like, I look at it from like a sales perspective too, where it's like, if I'm just putting out like really good content, like I put out, a, um, I, I put out content today or my team did is like how to effectively manage employees. It's like two years from now, somebody might land on that video. They might search how to effectively manage uh, employees and the SEO backward backlinks will be good. And watch my video they'll get into my funnel and they might eventually buy from me and that's how i kind of look at content as well and like and i've really started to shift my even like the the naming conventions of how i uh approach the content i create like we use a program called answer the public that essentially you know scours the internet and looks for ways that people are asking questions uh Hmm. because i want my i want my content to be search searchable more than anything Yeah, that's fair. So you're, yeah, like you said, another point supporting the long haul. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's great, man. Okay, I got a I got a speed round for you here. I'm gonna call this. Yeah, I'm not even telling you the questions we're gonna answer. I'm gonna ask you. I'm just gonna ask you them. So you got you got ten seconds to answer each one of these. Ten seconds to answer each one. That's freaking. <clears throat> no, no timer. We're just gonna go for it. All right. So best book you've read that's fiction. It's fiction. Yeah. Um, Five seconds. 
God. Um, you want an extension? Oh man, like it's always hard with books. Um, it's always hard with books. You want to come back to that question? Let's come. Let's come back to that one. Yeah. All right. So, what do you think about stand-up desks? Ten seconds. Oh, hundred percent. Do it. Get You're it. sitting down now. Is that a convertible? Down right now, and the only reason I'm sitting down right now is because I don't have one right now. I have one back home. Yeah. Okay. We'll ship it out to you. Yeah. Um, love it. Who do you prefer, Ashley Olson or Mary Kate Olson? what is what kind of like what kind of question is that Mary, um another <laughs> yeah they're they're probably both great both? people home alone one or two home alone one or two um so he's either lost at home in his hometown or he's lost in new york um definitely one i feel like one is like no i'm gonna go with two because i like the new york one better new york vibes eh yeah yeah it's pretty wild yeah um then last question emo or screamo screamo yeah fair enough that's an easy one right yeah that's the best thing. of both worlds um dude how can people who, who do you want to reach out to number one other than you know anyone but who, who are you specifically looking to help and how can they reach out to you real estate agents real estate teams looking to grow their business, looking for uh, appointments, looking to grow their GCI, looking for coaching. Uh, we have a group coaching program we just launched and uh, we're make, looking to make a massive impact in the real estate industry. Um, yeah, it's real estate agents that want to grow their business. That would be the biggest thing. And it just you can just email me at Cody at studioptbo.com or you can just go to studioptbo.com, fill out our online form there. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, chat with us a little bit about our, you know, paper book appointment system where it's like you pay as long as we book your appointments. So, yeah. Dope, man. That's good. That's all I got, man. Love it. Fun times.